Welcome to episode 17. This is all about the smear campaign and I'm wondering whether I found the very first one. I'm co-hosting an event with a friend and colleague at the moment. Uh, I did speak about it, touch on it last week and I will put the link below. We are, I think we're at day nine at the moment. But they're small chunks uh, that are easy to pick up and listen to and follow. And um, it would be easy to, if you want to join now, it would be easy to get to the, to the next section. So doing some work with some of the archetypes that are associated with the project, I discovered the story or another story around Lilith. And I want to talk about that and also another archetype, Persephone. Welcome to the Mindfuckery podcast, which is featured in Feedspot's top 10 of emotional abuse podcasts. I'm your host, Elizabeth. In here, we explore areas that others fear to tread. We talk about the mindfuck that was your life, and we talk honestly about what happened because, beautiful soul, these honest conversations are key to creating the life you were born to live. I wrote my first book, Finding Lily, sat on a beach in Greece as my marriage was crumbling around me. My second book, The A to Z of Emotional Abuse, followed as I discovered a new language, words and phrases that I had no idea existed, but began to realize had been my reality. And my third book, Divorce Matters, has been written to support you through this process. It's an important stage of the healing. You can get the closure you need, heal the emotional wounds, and because your divorce matters are important as well, getting the information that you've been told to not ask for. And you can start to create the life you deserve to live. I'm the founder of The Divorce Sanctuary and Wound Talking. I've been a woundologist for over 20 years, working with past life wounds, clearing ancestral trauma, and working with this life wounding. And I'm on a mission to help educate as many people as I can on the effects of trauma on our lives and our children's lives and healing the wounds of our mothers and fathers. It stops here, it stops now, and it stops with us. So welcome along for the journey of a lifetime. So this week, I want to talk about the smear campaign. The reason being is that I've been, as I said, running or co-running this project with a friend of mine and colleague, and um, it's still going on. It's going on until the beginning of September. I was doing the research on a couple of the archetypes as we're following this journey. Um, what we're doing is it's a journey of going inwards. It's a journey of healing wounds. And the two archetypes on this first part of the journey are Persephone, and Lilith. So I started investigating, I started doing the research for Persephone and I started to see the links with loss of power and um, control and things like that. Persephone is a young child or young woman and there's a bit of an obsessive love uh, that her mother has for her possessive, controlling, whatever word that you feel. So there's this, this love that's going on. And her uncle called Hades, who's the brother of her father, sees her and instantly falls in love with her. And he asks her mother, Demeter, who's the goddess of nature, if he can marry her. And she says, no. And he falls in love with her and he decides to kidnap her. So she's out one day gathering flowers Weirdly enough, she picks up a narcissus and the earth opens up. 
His chariot comes up with his black horses. He grabs her and takes her down. The people that she's with, they don't even see what's going on. And she's disappeared in a flash. Nobody can tell her mother what's happened. And she hunts everywhere looking for her daughter. Eventually, she tracks down Helios, the sun god, and he tells her what's actually happened and that her daughter has been dragged into the underworld. So she takes a stand. She decides that she's going to go and mourn the loss of her daughter. And she's not going to do anything with the earth. And the people then turn to Olympus and say, look, we're dying. Uh, our crops are failing. Our animals are dying. They make contact with Hades. Hades and Zeus get together. And Zeus says, you know, let's, let's sort this out. Prior to doing that, Hades gives Persephone a pomegranate or some pomegranate seeds to eat. And in ancient mythology, to eat the fruit of one's captor meant that you return to them. So she comes before, they come before Zeus and she says she wants to return back with her husband to the underworld. And hearing of this, Demetrius is horrified. She says she's been tricked. This, um, she would never do that. So Zeus then says, okay, well, let's split this at 50-50. So she can spend half the year with her mother and half the year with her husband. So she has no voice. Her power has been taken away. And she is tricked in some way other elements to this as well she has an affair with Adonis who's also having an affair with somebody else and um so there's this balance in her life of this two this splitting or sharing or not being perhaps good enough there's another part of the story which um talks about how she kills a nymph and I can't remember whether it's a wood or a water and she is being taunted by the nymph who's saying that she's prettier than Persephone and she's better than Persephone because she's having an affair with Persephone's husband. All intertwined, isn't it? You know, however, what I'm saying is so, so she, with this water nymph, she somehow, I can't remember how she kills her, but she turns her into a mint plant. But this story of loss of power, somebody making decisions, handing over power, it might not even be because Persephone being a, a young woman, that choice was taken away from her. She was kidnapped and then there was a fight for her attention and love between these two people that were quite prominent in her life. You know, Zeus has made this decision on her behalf. This is her father. He's made a decision that she can split her time. So is he fearful of his brother? Uh, scared of his brother? Is he scared of his wife? I don't know. I'm just asking these questions. The next one that I was investigating was Lilith. And this is more the smear campaign. So I'm looking at, at the moment, like our loss of our power and, and handing over and, and how we can link in. I've done quite a few videos on this uh, that are on YouTube on stepping into the power and using the power of things like the warrior and the lover as sage personality archetypes and by using and understanding the power of them. So Lilith is the first wife of Adam. They are made at the same time from the same dust. They were created together. And then Adam started to want her to do things his way. And she turned around and said, no, I'm not, you know, we're equal. We're born at the same time or we were created at the same time. We were created equal. And so he, through his 
toys out of the pram. This is a completely different story to the one that seems to be in in other mythology books. Uh, so he throws his toys out the plan, uh, pram and says to God, this isn't fair. So God comes to Lilith and says, look, do what Adam says. Otherwise, there's going to be consequences. And she says, no, my inner, inner being says, no, this is not fair. I want equality. I'm equal to him. We are equal to each other. We were created from the same dust at the same time. So God says, right, well, you're going to have to leave. So she says, yeah, cool. I'm off I go and she meets up with some other fallen angels I think it's always good to get balance there's always two sides to every story the other side of this made me question whether she was the this was the first smear campaign as they were saying she felt that God was was out of touch with what was going on and so she left and she met up with some other fallen angels who were of the same opinion that he has lost touch with with life and they had been removed or kicked out whatever so she goes and she spends some time with them and adam gets a bit bored so god sends some archangels out to find her and says lilith can you come back and i'm assuming there were conditions to this and she said no you told me to go and she said please leave me alone i've gone i've done what you've asked me to do let me get on with my life so god says he provides some animals for adam adam says that's not good enough he's still fed up so he puts adam to sleep he takes his rib and he creates eve from the rib now the next part of the story that again there's slightly conflicting elements to this but the next part of the story is questioning whether lilith is actually the serpent in the garden of eden and she turns around and says to Eve, look, actually, this is what's going on. And this is what happened. They're trying to make you subservient. I said, no, if you go over there, there's a tree. That tree is a tree of knowledge. Go and eat the fruit. Find out what's really going on. They don't want you to have this knowledge. As I said, this is an, another side, a different version of events. Listening to this and finding out this story, it made me question whether Lilith was the first smear campaign. Lilith was actually about standing in her power and equality. And it does go on to say that Lilith was the first succubus, that Adam and Eve had been exiled from the garden, but she needed Adam's offspring and not demonic offspring, but a human offspring. And being the very first succubus, she appears in his dreams and seduces him. So the question was, was she the first smear campaign? Because really, she's about free will. She's about knowing who she is. She's a protective mother type. She's against a corrupt patriarchal system. But she's been scorned. She's a scorned woman. She was in love with Adam unconditionally. And she thought he felt the same way, but he didn't. He was about mastery. He was looking for a submissive wife. And she was saying, no, I'm about equality. I need us to be equal. And also when I was uh, discovering this other side of the story was, you know, have we got cognitive dissonance? Because there's an inner feeling of equality and then what we've been told we should feel like. And these two emotions, are they fighting against each other? And some of the other work that I was doing around this was actually men are the same. The majority of men feel uh, uh, the same about equality. 
And again, they're fighting with those emotions in the same way. Lilith was supposed to be the primordial mother of humanity. Perhaps she's the original rebel, the original feminist. She was the first person to be betrayed. She has a presence and a power. She embodies a, an energy of divine feminine. So the definition of a smear campaign is a plan to discredit a public figure by making false accusations. And if we take out public figure and replace it with our own names, we can and very possibly have been at the centre of somebody's smear campaign. And they're designed to make the abuser look like the victim. They're created stories about the terrible things that you've allegedly done or said. The abuser wants to punish you because they can't take responsibility. You were the problem, not them. And when I talk about the smear campaign, I always think that it starts prior to the end of the relationship, prior to the end of the final discard. And it can involve friends and family. It could even be your children. And you might even ask, why would somebody want to do that? And it's a simple reason. It's to create a situation where a person is going to get more attention and they don't have to take responsibility for their own behavior. And if you think back to areas of idealization, that love bombing in your relationship, they were telling you you were the only person who fully understood them. They were telling you the stories about their exes. This was a smear campaign. They are doing the same in that moment. But at the time, you're so drugged up on this feeling of love, the oxytocin and the dopamine. You probably saw how they treated other people, but you didn't think that they would ever do that to you. And they're probably now telling very similar stories about you, the awful way that they were spoken to, the awful way that they were treated. And they might claim things like that, you're bipolar or you have an addiction. This behavior excites them. It gives them a sense of power and it gives them the supply that they desperately need. As you experience the pain of trying to understand and understand what happened, they take it further and they tell everybody what's wrong with you. And you then start to feel these emotions of abandonment, shame and betrayal. So my question, and this might be a short podcast this week, but my question is, was Lilith really the bad person? Was she actually the very first scapegoat? Was she part of the very first smear campaign? She refused to be subservient. And she wanted to know why Adam felt he was more superior. And perhaps you've been asking the same or similar questions. The smear campaign is destructive. It's soul destroying. And it's meant to be that way. It's meant to have you questioning, was this my fault? Believing this was all your fault. And this is about the ultimate power and control. I'm going to put a link to the course that I'm running with um, as my friend colleague in the links below if you'd like to join us you're more than welcome it is free um, there's something going on every day up until the very beginning of September I think it's the third we're running up to it might be a few days after that we're, we're being just very fluid with it you might not agree you might see Lilith as dark you might see her as evil either way it's good to open our minds and question because that could be going on for you in your life sending you loads and loads of love until next time